Adam Crowley. He's not ordinary. He's extraordinary. So when you are, you know, when you are expertism, you know, you have to accept the fact that it's different. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Le'Veon Bell is reportedly going to be back for week seven, will play week eight, and some Steelers fans are saying, ah, we don't need him. Some Steelers fans are saying, ah, trade him. Some Steelers fans are dumb. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina not sitting across from me. Probably sitting across from the toilet. Sick again. Shirtless Tom is behind the glass. Check him out on Twitter, at ButtonPusher970. Tell your kids. Tell your wife. We're doing radio up in here. I guess it would be okay to give Brian's Twitter account out, even though he's not here. It still exists. It's at FBomber73. I guess I could be a nice guy. Why are you so reluctant to do that? Every time he's been out the past couple of, of occasions, you've been so reluctant to plug Brian's Twitter. That still exists. He's at home on his couch. He can look at Twitter and interact in that way. If he can interact on Twitter, he can come in and do a show. We don't have that hard of a job. Just come Good sit point. down and talk on the radio, for God's sake. Most of our show is basically just interacting on Twitter, if Twitter was just speaking into microphones. All right, you're out of the picture for the rest of the show, talking-wise. Get the hell out of here! I miss Brian. Jeremy Fowler is the guy who reported that Le'Veon Bell will be showing up for the bye week. He's the dude who reported that Le'Veon Bell is going to play against the Cleveland Browns. He'll be joining us today at 5 o'clock. Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post, because that'll be joining us in about 17 minutes here on the Crowley Show. Jeremy Fowler also reported that the Steelers offered Le'Veon Bell $17 million in guarantees, not the $30 million that was originally reported. If that's the case, anybody who has said over the course of the last handful of months that the Steelers did not try to pay Le'Veon Bell enough would be correct. I don't know if this is legitimate information. If it's coming from the mouth of Le'Veon Bell, I can't trust it. Le'Veon Bell has been a flip-a-flopper. But if that number, for real, is real, $17 million then this is all on the Pittsburgh Steelers. If that's the case, then yes, you can actually blame the Steelers for the way that this has all gone down. And I have been defending the Steelers at every turn. I have said there has been no bad guys. Le'Veon Bell just wanted a great contract. He was offered a great contract by the Steelers, but he wanted more of a great contract. He wanted more guaranteed money. But if the Steelers offered $17 million in guarantee, then that ain't a good contract. Now, Ian Whetstone, who does a bunch of cap stuff, you can check him out on Twitter.com, he says the Steelers have paid out 88% of all salary on homegrown Steelers. 
So this isn't like other franchises where they're going to cut bait. This isn't like other franchises where you're only going to get the guaranteed money. That being said, Le'Veon Bell wants to protect himself. Le'Veon Bell wants to make sure he's got that insurance policy. Le'Veon Bell wants to make sure that if he's in the 12%, he has a lot of guaranteed money to weigh back on. I actually don't mind what he did if he was only offered $17 million. Because consider this, Todd Gurley and David Johnson got between 31 and $45 million in guarantees. A rookie, Saquon Barkley comes out getting $40 million in guarantees. Le'Veon Bell getting offered 17 mil guarantees. If that were the case, that is a slap in the face. And I actually understand all of the behavior since then. Now, we have seen a number of different numbers reported. You're getting some that say Steelers offered 30 million guarantees. That's the number I've been running with. I believed it was the first number I saw. You also had other numbers suggesting that maybe they were only going to give him $11 million in guarantees. I thought that was bogus. I thought that was floated by Lev's agent to try to make him the sympathetic figure. This number, though, sounds legit because it's coming from Jeremy Fowler, who I trust. If that's the case, the Steelers are in the predicament that they are in right now because they were cheap. Pay the guy 30 million guarantees. Pay the guy 40 million guarantees. You're now seeing what the other side looks like. And the other side is 3.03 yards per carry since the first game against Cleveland. Now, a lot of people are diving into my messages and diving into my mentions on Twitter.com, and they're saying, well, the Steelers aren't even trying to run the ball. They're not giving James Conner a chance. Well, when they have tried, they haven't done it well. And maybe one of the reasons why they're not trying it that much is because they don't think James Conner's that good at running the ball. They've had some offensive line problems. I think if Le'Veon Bell were healthy, the offensive line would tend to look a little bit better because of his ability to make the first tackler miss. I'm also getting a lot from Steelers fans that James Conner isn't effective because the Steelers aren't using him a bunch. Again, They're not using him a bunch because they might not think he's good enough. I think I just made the same point twice. Looking at my notes poorly here on the Crowley Show. As for Bell being too pissed to ever play again for the Steelers, which is something that I've heard from the national media, uh, he said, quote, to Jeremy Fowler, I'm not really too upset about it. It was a little disappointing, but I understand their side, end quote. That's the talk of the town today, right? How will Le'Veon Bell deal with becoming a Pittsburgh Steeler again when his teammates all raked him over the coals? I'm guessing he'll be fine when he's starting to make that cash. I'm guessing he'll be fine, and they'll be fine, when he starts toting the rock and putting up 120 yards a game. These guys just want to win. And if Le'Veon Bell can help them win, guess what? They're not going to be pissed off at him. And Le'Veon Bell, if he goes in there, I guarantee you all his teammates, uh, they're going to treat him with some respect. Uh, I don't see that blowing up quite the way other people think it's going to blow up. 
James Conner had 31 carries for 131 yards in game one, 4.4 yards per carry. Since then, 32 carries for 97 yards and 3.03 yards per carry. You allow Le'Veon Bell to start from the moment he walks through the door if those continue to be the numbers. You let Le'Veon Bell be the bell cow if those continue to be the numbers. I don't give a rip whether he was here to start the season or not. I only care about being productive. What if the Steelers lose out between now and then? What if they're 1-4-1? and one? I've seen some say, well, then why bring him back? Because it's Super Bowl or bust from now until the time that Ben Roethlisberger's done playing. So you bring him in to help Ben Roethlisberger to help this team win. And yes, well, 1-4-1 and one does look flippin' bleak. At least you've got that guy who can help you pull out of the hole instead of turning around and handing the ball off to James Conner, who we're finding out is just a guy. 412-922-2874. Let's go to Chad in Boston first up on the Crowley Show. Hey, Chad. How you doing, man? Goodbye. Hey, just curious. I agree with you 100%, first of all. Um, and it's tough living in Boston being a Steelers fan. But I'm just curious why Week 7. Uh, is it because he doesn't want to be traded? I don't understand why. what the significance of Week 7 is for a comeback. I think there are a couple of schools of thought there, and appreciate the call, Chad. Number one is probably that he knows he could be put on the roster exemption list and not paid for two weeks, and you need to play at least six games this season to have your contract toll against the CBA. So he wants to come in during the bye week to get paid during the bye week, and then if the Steelers decide to roster exempt them the next two weeks, well, he'll still be good to have his contract toll. So that's one reason. The other reason might be that he had a terrible start to start the year last year. And that's because he comes in only had one week of practice. Well, now he can come in, he'll have the bye week of practice, and then he'll also have the extra week leading into the Cleveland game. I think it's probably twofold. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Let's go to Chris in McKeesport. What's up, Chris? Hey, what's up, man? I love the show. Thanks, buddy. Raw material. Damn straight. I just want to say thank you for letting me stupid Philly fans realize the business side of the deal. Everyone's mad because he's not here. They're not caring about what he is doing for his body in the long term. He wants paid. He deserves to be paid. Well, they can't pay him. You. They can't pay him anymore now. Thanks for the call. Raw material. Damn straight. They can't pay him anymore right now. I guess technically they could, and but they can't pay him long term right now. They can't offer him a new contract right now. So he's going to play on the prorated deal. That is the franchise tag, and that's just the way it's going to be. And then at the end of the year, he walks away, or the Steelers transition tag him. There's some argument whether or not the Steelers can transition tag him now. Uh, I don't really understand that part of it until next year. We'll talk to Ray Fittipaldo about that coming up in nine minutes on the Crowley Show, how the transition tag can play into it. Those beat writer dudes, they're more equipped to talk about it than I am. For real. Why are you shaking your head so vociferously? No, because those beat writer dudes, they just know all about these tags. Any kind of tags. They're ma- I feel like they're making up new tags every week in the NFL, honestly. As for the Le'Veon Bell thing about getting welcomed into the locker room, everybody's got this all wrong here. So damn wrong. How are they going to look that man in the eye who gave up on him the first seven weeks of the season? How are they going to do it? Stephen A's screaming, everyone's screaming. How are they going to let that guy back in the locker room? 
It's easy to forgive the lying girlfriend when she's hot as hell and looks really good in a bikini. When she bends over, picks up her ice-cold beer on the beach, and you catch a little glimpse there, even though she's a lying jackass, even if she hurt you, guess what? You're still taking her back, right? You don't care how it all went down. You just want to get with that again, right? It's the same thing here. If Le'Veon Bell comes back and stinks, oh yeah, they'll be pissed. If she's gained 45 pounds since she's lied to you, uh, you're probably not going to take her back. If she looks like a damn Victoria's Secret model, uh, you're going to take her back. If he comes in and does what he's done the last couple of seasons, if he comes in and does what he did after Game 5 last year and averages 126 yards per game, they're going to treat him with all kinds of respect. And it doesn't sound like he's all that irritated with them being pissed at him for not showing up week one. Caleb says, at underscore Adam Crowley, the debate about Connor on both sides is pointless because the Steelers have been playing from behind most of the time. I could not disagree with that point anymore. I tweeted it out during the game. It's going to be tough to run the ball because you are behind, and that's generally the school of thought. However, Steelers tied the game at 14, and you had an entire other half to play. The Steelers tied the game at 21 against Kansas City and then had an entire other half to play. They can't run the ball when they want to. And they're refusing to run the ball even whenever they're in a game. So don't give me the whole score factors thing. It's a little bit of a factor. It's not as big of a factor as everyone seems to be making it out to be. 412-922-2874. People are blowing me up on Twitter and the phone lines. Hey, we'll keep them open all day. I had a whole monologue planned. Flushed it down the toilet. Coming up next, we got Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. What the hell's a transition tag? I mean, I know. I just want to hear him say it. Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Baby blue and white. Baby blue and white. Baby blue and white. Oh, that doesn't even sound right, right? Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Ding dong. Touchdown. There's so much from the Jeremy Fowler story that we'll be chewing on today. Le'Veon Bell expected to show up for the Steelers during their bye week. And if all goes according to plan, his plan, God's plan, he'd be playing against the Cleveland Browns in week number eight. We'll see how it all does wind up going down. We'll be joined by Jeremy Fowler coming up at 5 o'clock today here on ESPN Pittsburgh. Ray Fittipaldo from the Post-Gazette joins us in a few minutes. First, though, let's take Woody's call. He's calling from Atlanta. I don't want to keep him on hold. What's up, man? Woody! Hello? Woody! Hey! What's up? Hey, man, I was just calling in. Uh, everyone's saying that Le'Veon Bell isn't a team player. Him releasing this story this week is the ultimate team move. Uh, right now, instead of talking about an offense... <laughs> it's think a good about point. It, like, right now, uh, instead of talking about an offense that, what, had 45 total yards in the second half, or a defense that couldn't stop... Uh, Flacco and the, and the Ravens vaunted offense. We're talking about Le'Veon Bell coming back. 
He, he, he took all the heat off the team, at least for a couple of days. That's, all, that's all I'm talking about today. It's a good point by you, Woody. Thanks for the call. Tell Buzz I said hello. Old man joke. Got Ray Fittipaldo now from the Post-Gazette joining us here on the Crowley Show. Hey, Ray, what's up, man? What's up, Adam? How are you? I'm good, buddy. Le'Veon Bell story never ceases to keep having legs, does it? And here we go again, reportedly going to be coming back for the bye week. And then if everything goes according to his plan, be ready to go against the Cleveland Browns. There was a portion of the story, Ray, that suggests that he was only offered $17 million in guarantees by the Pittsburgh Steelers. What is the number that's believable here? I've heard a bunch of them. I think the $17 million figure um, was taking into account what he would earn in that first year of the contract, which would be 2018. We all know how the Steelers structure their contracts. I think he would have been guaranteed something like 32 or $33 million, um, that would have included his 2019 salary as well, but it wasn't te- technically guaranteed. But, Adam, you know as well as I do, it would have been cap hell if the Steelers um, terminated that contract after 2018. So there are uh, things built into that contract to make it distasteful for the Steelers not to terminate it. And for whatever reason, I don't know if it was Lady on Bell himself, or the agent who didn't trust him, but I, I just think it's a matter of trust. Um, Antonio Brown signed a long-term deal. Ben Roethlisberger has all these players over the years have signed long-term deals without having that money up front. It's just for whatever reason, Bill and his agent wanted that money up front, and that's just not the way the Steelers do business. Yeah, and I saw on Twitter today that the Steelers, since the year 2000, for guys entering their second or third contracts that are homegrown, Steelers have actually wound up paying 88% of all that total salary. So they're right. usually good at the word. Uh, and Le'Veon Bell, I do think, wanted the insurance just to know for sure that he's getting that money. But if he had done a little bit of homework, he'd have known that they're good uh, at paying that money out. Ray Fittipaldo joining us here. Uh, on the Crowley Show. Ray, I think that it's twofold why he would show up week number seven. Uh, I think it allows for the Steelers to use that roster exemption for a couple of weeks and him still have his uh, 2018 season told towards the CBA. I also think that it makes some sense to have the bye week to practice and then the week prior to the Browns game to practice, which gives him an extra week of practice before a game, which is uh, an extra week of practice before a game that he had last year. Yeah, I, you know, I, I do think that it makes a little bit of sense. The only thing that doesn't make sense for me, Adam, is if he wanted to sit out as long as he could um, to get that accrued season, he could have taken it until week eight or week ten and not have to play the ten games that he's going to have to play now. So, um, yeah, I mean, you're saving yourself the hits over six games, but you're putting yourself at risk for 10 games and possibly the playoffs. And I know the playoffs seem like a way, way distant thought, and they should, but that part of it just didn't make much sense to me. Like, if he's going to invest in himself and try to save himself from injury and from touches, it just seems, it, it makes more sense to me that he would stay out longer rather than to have to come back in 10 games. But, hey, listen, if the Steelers are 2-3-1 and one, or – in the worst case scenario, one four and one in that situation, they're going to welcome them back because they're obviously going to need them. 
How bad do they need him right now, Ray? Um, I'm, I think I'm in the minority, Adam. I think uh, if you listen to Mike Tomlin today, I, I agree with him. I think James Conner has been really, really solid. I think their issue in the running game right now is a lack of commitment to it, and they're in love with the passing game right now. And listen, that worked against the Chiefs. It worked against the Buccaneers. But when you face the top-rated defense in the NFL Sunday night, and they shut down the running game early, um, and they knew the pass was coming. They were dropping eight in the coverage. No one was open. They were able to do that because the Steelers were no threat to run the ball. So I think they need a balanced attack. Um, you know, I think that would help Ben Roethlisberger. I think that would help Juju Smith-Schuster and Antonio Brown. Um, is Mike Vanderbilt better than James Conner? Yeah, he's better than James Conner. But I think James Conner is still well down the list um, when it comes to their problems. What are they good at right now, Ray? Um, boy, you caught me off guard there. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I don't know how to answer it. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at the offense. The offense has been explosive at times, but I think we've talked about this in previous weeks. It's not like anything is on schedule when they are making big plays in this offense. Um, go back to the Chiefs game. A lot of that was Ben biding his time and just you know sort of making stuff happen, like drawing it up in the sandlot. Um. I sort of felt that way Sunday night for the quarter, the one quarter that they were good. I didn't feel like anything was really on schedule um, in the passing game. So, I don't know. I, I guess you can hang your hat on the fact that Ben Roethlisberger leads the NFL in, in passing yards, and uh, I think they can you know, sort of manufacture offense when they need to. But, listen, it, it's not going to do you any good if your defense continues to hemorrhage yards and, and points the way they are. I mean, they're 30th in the league in total defense. I think 25th or 26th in scoring defense, and no matter how many points you score with that offense, it's not going to matter if you continue to be as bad as you are on defense. Where have the big guys been on the defense? We haven't seen Watt play well, uh, at least at getting after the quarterback since week one. We really haven't seen much of that at all from Stephon Tewitt or Cam Hayward. No, and uh, Javon Hargrave among the defensive yeah. linemen leads those guys in sacks with two. Uh, Tewitt doesn't have any, and Hayward only has one. And I, I watched, I rewatched a little bit of that Ravens game, and really it was just a matter of guys not winning one-on-one battles. There were times that Hayward was doubled and Tewitt wasn't winning. There were times that Tewitt was doubled and Hayward wasn't winning. So you, honestly, you don't see that with with Hayward very often, um, and it shouldn't happen with Tewitt either. When you're paying those guys ten million dollars a year out, and this is more so for for Tewitt than, than for Hayward because. I do think Hayward is going to get going, but if you're going to pay Stephon Tewitt $10 million a year and he's not winning when he's single blocked um, in their protection, um, that's not a good investment. So they've got to get Stephon Tewitt going. Um, they've got to get the rest of that defensive line going. Because as we all know, we had big question marks about the linebacking core entering the season. We had huge question marks uh, about the secondary. The defensive line was supposed to be this defensive strength, and through four weeks of the season, it hasn't been. As for the offense, just to go back that way, uh, the strength of the offense is always supposed to be Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger finding that connection. What the hell's going on there? I mean, we're going to keep asking the same question until they figure it out, but uh, what are they going to have to do to figure it out? Uh, that's the that's million-dollar question. I mean, Mike isn't concerned about it. He made that clear today. You asked Roethlisberger, 
last week he said he's not worried about it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But, you know, we're four weeks into it, and it hasn't. And he hasn't had a 100-yard game yet. He's had a couple of touchdowns. I, I, I guess that is, um, you know, something to build on. But um, they got to give him back to where he's making big plays, Adam. That's the way this offense. Um, that, that's when they're at, at their best. And um, if they're seeing different coverages this year than, than they have been in previous years, they got to figure it out. And if they don't figure it out, they better hope that Juju Smith-Schuster and those tight ends and maybe James Washington, um, if he can come around, those guys got to continue to make plays. But um, I, I think we all realize if this Steelers season is going to turn around, yeah, the defense has to be much better. But eventually, Antonio Brown has to become Antonio Brown again. And we really haven't seen that here in the first month of the season. When looking at this team, is this – a team that's as reliant on Ben Roethlisberger as it's ever been before, Ray? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the stats, that's the case, but I, I don't think it has to be, Adam. That's why I think you know, we talk today about um, sort of like that self-study, that self-evaluation that he does at the quarter pole of the season. And, um, the pass attempts and the running attempts are, are way, way out of whack. I think, um, I don't think the running block rate against the Ravens um, and they, they didn't do so in, in some of the previous games either. But I do think a lot of that is just sticking at it. And, you know, you know, you, you, you run three times, you get six yards. Maybe the next time you run, you, you break a 10 or a 12 yarder. You know, when you rush 11 times a game, you're not giving yourself that opportunity, um, to move your chains or to, to possibly break, break a big run. So, um, I think that's the issue right now. Um, I think if they get back to that uh, a little bit, I think it will help the offense. And it'll be interesting to see what Speaker does. And they can't have a good defense. Um, no. Not against the run, not against the pass. I think it's going to be tempting um, to sort of open it up again. But I, I think this, this offense eventually has to establish run a little bit. And I would be a little bit surprised if they didn't try to do that at least a little bit early in that game on Sunday just so they can keep the, the Falcons off balance. Ray Fittipaldo from the Post-Gazette joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, why not try to bring a little bit more pressure against the Ravens, Ray? It just seemed like it was death by a thousand cuts uh, after the first uh, couple possessions, that is. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there were, there were times, um, you know, Bud Dupree had the sack, and I, he was getting a good push on their tackle at times, um, but it wasn't enough. T.J. Watt, he wasn't throwing at the ball. And when you see that as a coach, I, I, I think – you know, the, you know, eventually you probably do want to bring pressure in that situation. So I, I don't know if it was a lack of confidence um, in the secondary because those guys, um, a lot of backups were playing. You had Cam Sutton playing for Mike Hilton. Uh, you had Matt Brogy in there for Morgan, Morgan Burnett as a Diamondbacker. So there were a lot of moving parts in that secondary. I would imagine that played into a little bit, Adam. But still, um, when you, like you said, when you're just getting – Think and dunk to death the way they were. Um, you know, I, I, I think maybe if they combined it again, maybe they would have had a little bit of a different strategy, especially in the second half of that game where they were just, um, you know, the Ravens were just possessing the ball for 22 minutes and did what they had to do to close out that game. I, I think they could have used a little bit of a, a stronger pass rush and maybe a, a splash play to, you know, to turn that game around. Ray, man, thanks so much for taking the time today. Always great stuff. Let's talk soon. All right, right, buddy, that's Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. The tweets are ramping up. 
Phone number is 412-922-2874. Coming up next, I'll tell you one guy the Steelers should fire. It's a hell of a tease. CSP in Pittsburgh. Adam Crowley. I'm only happy whenever I get retweets. My dopamine levels only go through the roof whenever I'm seeing retweets. Right, that's the life that I'm living. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. T-Wall tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. The Steelers have not disrespected Bell. They offered the man 14 mil a year. He said, no, I won 17. He's disrespected the Steelers and turned on his teammates. Le'Veon Bell probably did along the way tell his teammates he'd be there the Monday of Cleveland week. And he was telling the truth. It's just a second game against Cleveland. They, They misinterpreted. It was their fault. Their problem. They just assumed he was going to do what he did last year. It's on them, really. Here's the deal, Steelers Nation. Grow the F up. Quit being so soft. Oh, my feelings are hurt. Lay me on Bell. The team's 1-2-1. They can't run the ball. They suck so bad at it, they're not trying to run the ball. Le'Veon Bell will help in that regard. Le'Veon Bell will help. In the passing game, too, he'll take some of the attention away from Antonio Brown. I don't care about feelings right now if I'm Kevin Colbert. I don't care about feelings right now if I'm Mike Tomlin. What I care about is winning damn football games, and they're not doing enough of that. He turned on his teammates. Shut the hell up. Who cares? They'll figure out a way to be okay with it. Le'Veon Bell's teammates ripped him a new one when he didn't show up. He'll find a way to be okay with them having done that. So Steelers fans, deal with the fact he's coming back in a couple of weeks. It's going to make the football team better, period. Is it their only issue? No. Is it their biggest issue? Eh. Eh. I think defense is their biggest issue, but not being able to run the football, not having a threat in the running game, that's been a problem. Steelers offense, when good, can beat you on the ground. They can beat you through the air. They can do all of that. They need him. You should know they need him and stop being babies, Tom. When he scores his first touchdown at Heinz Field this year, what do you think the crowd does? Gonna be an orgasm, right? They're gonna explode. Terrible towels everywhere. Do you think there's no chance they boo, right? They might boo him as he runs out of the tunnel. But like once he gets in that, I mean, when he breaks the plane of the end zone for the first time at Heinz Field this year, there, there's no chance they boo him, right? No. I mean, that's the talk that they're talking. So if Steelers Nation can back up their talk, they should boo him. But there's there's no chance. We don't need that guy. He's selfish. We don't boo. love Le'Veon. Boo. Connor could have done it just as well. Yeah. Boo. Clearly, that ain't true. And I get what Ray Fittipaldo is saying. They haven't tried to establish the run enough. But when you get behind the chains because you can't run on first or second down, what else are you supposed to do? Uh, they're having no six. Nine carries, 19 yards, really? And look, it's a great defense. But he didn't do much anything against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, he did whenever they were salting the game away. I was just as surprised as anybody. 27-yard run, 17-yard run, good for him. But before that, he was awful, and really, he's just been okay at the very best since the Cleveland game. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. You can tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Which 
Steelers coach should be fired. I'm not typically someone who gets behind the microphone and starts calling for people's jobs. As much as that has become a way in my industry, I don't feel comfortable doing it, especially not when I have relationships with a lot of these people. That doesn't mean I'm best friends with them, but I've had a beer with a number of them. You get to know a number of them. I don't typically want to do what I'm about to do, but I'm doing it. Transparency, the number one virtue of the Crowley Show, makes me uncomfortable. But the Steelers need to get rid of Joey Porter. It's about damn time. They're not developing anybody at the outside linebacker position. And ultimately, I think it falls on him. T.J. Watt's got to be better. He's got 10 career sacks, but six are against Cleveland. Those count, too. But he hadn't gotten it done against the rest of the league. And the Steelers got no pressure on Flacco whatsoever. I blamed Tewitt and Hayward yesterday. T.J. Watt deserves some of that blame pie, too. Maybe more than that, though, is Joey Porter. It's tough to make in-season firings, but the Steelers really screwed the pooch not getting rid of him after last season. I like the dude personally. He's honest. He was a hell of a player. No-nonsense kind of guy. He understands the game. But players don't get better under his tutelage. Bud Dupree has 16 sacks in his Steelers career. Jarvis Jones had six in 50 games. If you're not going to fire the D coordinator, and you're not, you have to at least consider making this change. Steelers can't afford to have T.J. Watt be a bust like those other two players I've mentioned. And I don't think he's going to be that. I think it's even way too early to have that particular conversation. That being said, though, you need more from the outside linebackers. And you don't want to run the risk of him developing bad habits because the coach ain't good enough at his job. I think Watt's on a trajectory to be a good player. But they have not gotten enough from their outside linebackers now for a handful of years. He wasn't drafted to be good either, by the way. He was drafted to be a freaking difference maker. Devin, next up on the Crowley Show. Good afternoon. Hey, everybody on the defense coaching. Fire them all, baby. That's what I say. But I digress. Look, man, when you hit on a first-round pick like Ryan Shazier, it's wonderful because you hit. He was a generational player. Unfortunately, his career is probably over. Like I said, man, he was like a Band-Aid on a bullet wound because like when like when he was in there, Vince Williams looked like he was an all-pro, too. <laughs> he looked very it's good. How, it's funny how when as soon as Shazier was out, Vince Williams was just disappeared. But and you I know what, Devin? What One thing before you get your next point. I think that is a good point. And probably under-discussed because Ryan Shazier ain't coming back this year. Uh, not enough people are discussing the profound impact that he had on the defense and the huge wow. hole that's missing now that he's not here. Huge. And to defend the Steelers, both front office and coaching staff, they drafted him. He became a stud, and they were a legitimate top five defense early last year when he was playing at full capacity. Yeah, when he was in there. But this is a question I want to ask you yeah. and get your feedback. All right. Team sends player A to a five-year contract. Two years into it, they don't feel like he's living up to the contract. They cut him. That's just business. Nobody ever whines about that. How come when it's the player who's making it all about business, he's wrong? Because people never 
complain about a player getting cut that wasn't producing. But if it's a good player that they actually went on the field, they complain about him not being there. So what's the difference? The team could not honor the contract, but the player should. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's funny to me. I just don't understand. No, it's legitimate, Devin, and thanks for the call, man. 412-922-2874. I think that what you have there is just blind loyalty towards an organization. That's all it is. People love Ben Roethlisberger, right? People love Antonio Brown. They love Juju Smith-Schuster. They love Cam Hayward. But they love those colors more. They love the logo more. And that's just the way that it winds up being. And I think it is a lot of times, in spite of the way that people feel about the real world, most times people are pro-labor and not pro the man. When it comes to sports, it's the other way around. Now, I think that there are a lot of things Le'Veon Bell could have done better here. I think he's taking terrible advice from his agent. Uh, I think he should have told the Steelers and or his teammates that he wasn't going to be showing up and told them exactly when he was going to be showing up so they could have planned for it. I also don't think sitting out right now really helps him because he's not going to get more money from the Steelers. He could have made $14.5 million guaranteed on top of then what he was going to make next year in free agency. But largely, I agree with you, Devin. We're far too pro-team and not enough pro-player, Tom. Couldn't agree more. Sorry, I didn't hear what you were saying. I was screening a call. Oh, okay. It looked like you were hopping into the microphone. No, no, no. Oh, for three today. You Couldn't agree more, though. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. A lot of salient points made from both parties. Yeah, good job by you. Frank's in the car. Hello, Frank. Hello, Adam. Hey, I want to talk about Devin's comment. Sure. Uh, about there's uh, issues with the player holding out versus the uh, the team who cut somebody who's not producing. So uh, the, my comment is, is he was looking at it from the fan's point of view, but how about his... Le'Veon Bell's own players. They're not happy with them. So if you take the fans out of it, the comments that are coming from the locker room also scream a lot about the feelings towards this player, their teammate, holding out. I think the fans' opinions are in line with my, or pardon me, the players, thanks for the call, Frank. I think their opinions are in line with mine. My opinion is, Le'Veon Bell can do whatever he wants to do legally in the CBA. If that means sitting out, then he can sit out. Uh, if he wants to lose eight hundred plus thousand dollars a week by doing that, that is well within his rights to be able to do. The players were mad because he lied to them. The players were mad because they felt like he did them a disservice by not telling them the truth. And it's like when someone cheats on you. Yeah, it sucks to think about them writhing around in bed with someone else, sweat dripping down, right? But if you tell the truth about it, you can maybe save that relationship. Uh, it's the lying that hurts more, right? Not a perfect analogy. I think it's the sweaty sex that probably hurts more. But you get the point. Tom agrees. Sweaty sex. That, that hurts a lot more. Yeah. A lot more than the lie? Probably. Yeah. It's not about money. That's not why the players are mad. The players are mad because of the lying. Got this one from Tanner. Bell is worth it. He did what's best for him in a league where most running backs last till they're 30 and has already come back from injury. Deserves to be paid 30 mil. Good deal. Both sides tried. 17 is trash to a player of Bell's caliber. 
We've got Jeremy Fowler coming up in seven minutes here on the Crowley Show, and I, I want to get to the root of that. Did the Steelers really only offer Le'Veon Bell $17 million guaranteed, even though the Steelers pay out on 88% of their money to homegrown players, even though they always seem to honor most of the contracts? If you're Le'Veon Bell, you still want to make sure you're not getting kicked to the curb because running back is a different position. So if it's $30 million, I'm saying, Lev, that was a fair deal, and I don't understand why you or anybody else is mad. If it's $17 mil, oh, daddy, I'm pissed. Because Gurley be out there getting 41, and Johnson be out there getting 31. It's 45 and 31, pardon me. Coming up next, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. He broke the Le'Veon Bell news. He also gave us more contract details. So much to get to with the Fowlman. It's ESPN Pittsburgh.